Moms with aspiration, moms are inspirations. Moms in circulation, moms at their workstations. They make a nation. This is a mom nation. Hey, moms, it's Katie and Beth here with More Than a Mom. And Beth, I can't even believe we're already at episode 18. I know. It's crazy how fast this has gone by, and I am so excited we've been able to offer this content to our moms. I am super excited, too, and especially for this guest for this particular show for episode 18. For those of you who do not know, we are Katie and Beth. We are um, the facilitators of More Than a Mom, but this is not our show. This is really a show for our audience. This is really a show for the moms that follow us, the moms that need help, the moms that need support on a consistent basis. Would you say, Beth? Absolutely. So today we're going to talk about parenting, and I'm pretty excited because it's kind of a two-part deal. Um, and we have Cami Kirby on with us. Say hello, Cami. Hello, friends. More than mom friends. I love that. I love <laughs> that. More than a mom. That's right? Awesome. Friends of more than a mom. That's cute, yes. too. I love that. I'm totally stealing that. Cami, <laughs> tell us just a little bit about what you do and why you're here with us today. Well, I think I love that I'm talking to an audience of moms and I love that the stress is that we're more than moms because that's what we are. But anyone that's a mom knows the minute they get pregnant or they are starting the adoption process, people are relentless with unsolicited advice of how to do things. Totally. <laughs> but ironically, when things get hard, you know, what's the first phrase people say? Well, parenting doesn't, you know, these kids don't come with the manual, right? We've all heard that cliche um, <laughs> phrase. So, you know, on one hand, people are so excited to give unsolicited advice to us moms. And on the other hand, it's like almost that helplessness of, you know, kids don't come with a manual. What am I supposed to do? Um, and I was at that point. And I'm sure that, I don't know if either of you have had strong-willed kids and just been at that point where, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm sure our listeners have, if they're listening to this podcast, chances are they've also been moms where they're just like, I have no idea what to do, where to go, how to handle this situation. And I was in that similar position um, with my two oldest. They're 11 months apart. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, you know, two and two because, <laughs> you know, almost two and almost three. And I just was beside myself. My husband um, had just finished his master's degree program and was working crazy hours. I had made the decision to be an at-home mom at the time. My background was in early childhood education. And I was like, I'm going to be their preschool teacher. I know how to do this better than, you know, because that was my background. So I, I took that plunge that was great. It was an act of bravery. And also, you know, how many viewers out there can tell you how expensive it is for childcare for, you know, toddlers, two toddlers. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really, as moms, we can like, empathize in that struggle so there was that struggle for me too of you know do I go to work and continue doing what I do and throw that money to child care or do you know what that, that is it worth it basically so real for so many of our viewers but then as an at-home mom I was faced with so many more struggles that I wasn't prepared for even with an early childhood background um early childhood education background I just wasn't prepared for all the complexities of what that meant to be with these two to be responsible for two humans and I felt a sense of hopelessness and um I went to a love and logic class and I I gained skills in that class that 
did a 180 in my life and in my children's life. And I knew the passion I had about motherhood and about early ch and children. I knew children. And I knew that someday I wanted to share the things I had learned with other women. And that's what I do now is I work with families to create action plans. Cause I had all kinds of theory before about, you know, I could tell you why a child was doing something and, you know, or, you know, all the theories behind their behavior, but I still had no action plan, words to say, what to do. And Love Logic gave me that. And I love that. Um, one thing I want to, with both you and Beth and your, our listeners is nobody knows their child better than you, mm -hmm. their child. You know, you, you know your child better than anyone, and you are capable of being that superhero that you want to be, the parent that they need, and nobody can do that better than you. And I love empowering parents with the skills and tools um, to help them realize that dream and that potential that they have is the most powerful person in their child's life. I love that. So explain to our audience a little bit about what love and logic is, because I'm seeing, you know, we're all on social media a bunch. In fact, my phone tells me now how much I am on social media. Which is <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we're, we're seeing all these posts day in and day out. I'm sure you ladies see them too, of moms that are just kind of at their wits end or, you know, kid pulled this on them and they they totally don't know how to react to that or how to deal with that. And I'm constantly seeing comments on these posts, uh, go to a love and logic class, do it the love and logic way. What does that mean? Oh, I love that. That makes my heart so happy. Um, anytime I see do it the love and logic way. So love and logic for me is the perfect balance between love, you know, cause kids need love. Um, they need lots and lots of love and empathy but they also need boundaries. If you do it all love, if you're all love and mush and you know, they need boundaries, they need a schedule, they need a routine and they need um, parents who can um, back up my yes means yes and my no means no. Cause when we get frustrated or when I get frustrated and hopefully you guys can relate, <laughs> when I get frustrated and I'm in my brainstem and that fight or flight kicks in, and I don't know what to do, I start, breathing out threats or bribes or promises that I could never keep in a million years. Like if you right. don't stop that, you're grounded for life. Well, okay it, then <laughs> that's not very effective and kids know it. Kids have an uncanny sixth sense to know when we, when we yell out threats that we can't ever enforce. Right. <laughs> so what love and logic does is it gives you a way to set boundaries in a loving and empathetic way. And we talk a lot about cop A and cop B and I, um, I think I've told you this story before, Katie, on another episode, but, uh, um, or not podcast episode, but a video that we did. Yes. A is the, the cop that pulls you over. Let's say you're going to work. A cop pulls you over and says, tells you what an idiot you are, an awful person you are, throws you the ticket and then leaves. What are you going to go to do work and say to your coworkers? Right. You're not going to say nice things. You're, yeah, it's going to be all about what an awful jerk this cop was, right? Mm -hmm. Cop B pulls you over and, um, oh man, I'm so sorry. You know, I got to pull you over. You were going 15 above the speed limit. Um, I'm going to have to write you a ticket, but you have some options. And here, you know, you could go to traffic school if you haven't been there in how many years, <laughs> you know, two years or whatever it is. Um, you know, you could go and contest it. Um, you could just pay the bill at this, you know, I definitely understand being in a hurry. I hope your day gets better as he hands you the, or she hands you the ticket. What are you going to say to the cop? Thank you. Thank you. And you just thank the officer for your ticket, <laughs> right? But, you know, and now you go to work. What's your story? 
it's a little bit different. It's, oh, I'm such a bum. I was speeding. Oh, yeah. It had to stop me. For me, I know. I've experienced both. And for me, it's, uh, oh, crap. What am I going to do? How am I going to tell my husband about this? Can I go to traffic school? I'm so busy. worried about how I'm going to solve my problem, my energy is not directed at the cop anymore. It's directed at how to solve my problem. And at the end of the day, as parents, that's what we want to do and be for our kids. We want to be the kind of parent that at the end of the day, they are solving the problems they've created, that they are learning from the mistakes that they've made instead of turning in and blaming the authority figure. You know, with Coppe, it was like, he was such a jerk. I can't believe it. You know, there was somebody in front of me that was going 20 miles over, and then he pulls me over, and I was barely going 10 over. You know, it of all course. becomes about excuses and blaming other people and entitlement, and we see plenty of that. And so Love and Logic gives us the skills to be cop B, you know, let, letting the behavior do the teaching, letting the child's consequence do the teaching, and lovingly be, lovingly being the guide on the side that helps navigate them through that learning process, which is beautiful to me. That's an amazing analogy and it really made it clear for me. So I appreciate how you put that there. What are some key things to remember when you're wanting to be more mindful in practicing this parenting style? What, what can you tell our audience? What can they use right now? Um, yeah, the first thing that we always talk to parents about is that component of empathy. Um, and when we talk about this is a parenting style, sometimes I learn best by comparing it to what it's not. <laughs> so mm-hmm. in Love and Logic, we talk about three parenting styles. The first one is um, the drill sergeant parent, the 1950s parent. Like most of us were parented by, well, most of us, maybe not some of us. <laughs> some of us were, some, probably half of us were parented by a cop or a drill sergeant parent, which is they're barking off orders. You know, my dad was notorious for do as I say, not as I do. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, I'm the parent and I said so. And that's why, you know, it's, but at the end of the day, what does a drill sergeant parent communicate to their child? It's just, uh, it's negative. It's not a connection. Yeah. It's about fear. It really is about, I am the adult and you should do what I say because I said so, and I'm in charge of you, and you will listen to me. Mm-hmm. It's more about punitive, scaring a child into submission. What is the problem with that in our day and age? Kids don't modify their behavior. Usually, they just become more sneaky. Right, and, and there's lots of ways they can do so this day and age. Yeah, where it's not, they're not worried about, oh, how is my decision going to affect me? They're going to think they're more concentrated on how can I avoid getting caught? Yep. And so a lot of drill sergeant parents drive their kids to how can I avoid the consequence or how can I avoid being caught or who can I blame it on? Um, Helicopter parents actually yield very similar results. And that's the other kind of parenting style that we say we want, we don't want to be that. Um, Helicopters parents are always swooping and hovering and saving their kids Mm -hmm. with Oh no, you have a science project. It's due tomorrow. I better start to get to work on this, you know, and it becomes mom or dad's science project either always saving them right you know it communicates to a kid you're not good enough I don't believe you can do it on your own which is not what we want to communicate I mean look at the college admission scandals at the end of the day who did those parents rob more than anyone mm-hmm. they're right I don't believe in you I'm going to take your future into my hands because 
you know, you're not good enough to do this on your own, your way, you're going to do it my way. It becomes about pride and the parent, you know, and what Love and Logic is, get to your question, it is a consultant. We call it the consultant parent. So if you think about a consultant, what is their job? Why do you bring a consultant into a business? It's to create a culture, it's to create a brand, it's to create unity, it's to create something that can be bigger than the business itself. You know, you bring a consultant in to really help guide you and teach you skills that you can then, once they leave, go forth and be super successful. You know, if you have to keep having a consultant back and they, you never can springboard off, you haven't really had money well spent on a, on a consultant. Right, right. <laughs> You know, you pay big bucks to have someone come in so you can, you know, have wings to fly. And that's what we do is we, we come in and we give them tools like, um, for example, one tool that we have that we teach is just that love and empathy. When a kid tries to hook you with an argument like, um, but mom, why can't I play Xbox or whatever it is? You know, mom, why can't I do that? Everybody else gets to do it. Instead of diving into explaining yourself and explaining your rules, you just take a deep breath, step back, and you go, oh, man, it stinks to feel that way. Nice try. And you walk away because you recognize the kid's just trying to hook you into arguing. And right. you start explaining, you've said, I am willing to engage with a three-year-old. I'm willing to engage with a three-year-old, however old they are. Right. And you give them a chance to win. Whereas if you cut them off and say, oh man, empathy, I totally get feeling that way. Nice try. And you walk away. It's like, oh, wait a minute. What just happened? <laughs> she's not mad. She's not angry. She's not yelling. She's not even engaging. And you know, they don't, a lot of times when you start using those, what we call them one-liners, we've talked about stop, take a deep breath, drop, your one-liner and roll out of the situation. <laughs> um, so to stop, drop, and roll, that is a skill that we give parents right away in our introductions to help them disengage from arguing with their kids. I think that, what is the statistic? 75% of all arguments between an adult and a child, guess who initiates them? The adult? Yes. Yeah, I bet. And so um, a lot of times we initiate them through this engagement where a kid issues a complaint and then we start arguing with them about this complaint. When in reality, kids just want to be heard, validated, and then have the boundary set mm -hmm. so they can know that they're safe. It makes a lot of sense. You really opened my eyes about the whole helicopter parent thing, not to pull you back there. I've, I've followed everything you've said thus far, but I'm stuck there. Because really, that's not the helicopter parent's intention by any means is to give their child the feeling that they're not good enough. It, it, I, I don't feel like they're even in that atmosphere at all. Yet, what they're training their child to do is the exact opposite of their intention. Am I right? Like, am I, I, am I blown away by this? Absolutely. And I'm totally glad you picked up on that. That is a nugget for me. Because if I'm totally honest, I pendulum between drill sergeant and helicopter. Uh-huh. Like, I want the best. So I. <laughs> and I think most people do. Like it's not, you know, it's not an all or nothing. You're not always a consultant. You're not always a drill sergeant. But when I learned, wow, what am I really communicating to my kid? Mm -hmm. Let's say I go take my kid their lunch every single day. What am I robbing my kid from? Mm -hmm. Um, a really neat story. This is like one of my favorite Love and Logic stories. Um, we were teaching a class for success by six um, and through an Arizona state funded program and a, 
a, a wife, a husband and wife, she was like nine months pregnant, about to pop, came in. And I'm like, oh, cool. How many kids do you have? It looks like, you know, you're expecting. And she said, oh, this is our first. And I'm all, oh, bless you. You're already here. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even here yet. I'm like, you are like my favorite person to work with right now. Just so farsighted, you know. And she said, well, I'm only here because I nannied for a family who on my first day on the job, the mom got a phone call and she had it on speakerphone. And I was blown away by this phone call with her child. And her child said, hey, mom. Um, I know that your time is really valuable and I really, I really value that. I, I forgot my cello though, or whatever it was. She forgot something. I forgot my cello and I really need it. There's a performance coming up. If you bring it to me, I know that it's going to interrupt your day. Is there anything I could do for you to make up for the time it took you to bring it to me? I was so surprised at this exchange that a teenager was talking to their mom with such respect and understanding boundaries that I was like, how on earth did they parent this child to have that sense of awareness and um, how do I do that? And so the mom's like, yeah, I can think of a few things that you can do. You know, I was going to clean the refrigerator and I had a few other things I needed to get done. If you'll be willing to do those when you get home, I'd be glad to bring you your, what, I don't remember. I'm saying cello, but I don't remember what it was in the story. Um, so we'll go with cello. I'll bring you down your cello to school. And, uh, and she's like, I was so impressed by that. And then as I nannied for them, it was continual interactions like that of respect of boundaries and human kindness to each other that I wanted to parent in such a way. And so I think as helicopter parents, what would a helicopter parent's reaction be? I'll be right down. I'll be right down. Okay. But then there's that passive aggressiveness. You know, how many times do I have to tell you? And how many times have you forgotten your cello this year? And everything we say after that, we're, we're silent. We're, you know, degrading our child trying to motivate them to be better, but what's going to motivate them to be better? It's positive, more positive. Yeah. And also boundaries. So there's gotta be that positive, but like how she, how did this mom get that child to that point? Mm -hmm. My guess is the child said the mom one time that something was forgotten said, Oh, this is such a bummer. You know, um, you're going to have to, you're, or maybe she just brought it down. I, I'll give you a freebie this once, but you know, this might, this might have a consequence. And when the child got home, she probably lovingly said, Hey, you know, I was happy to bring you your cello down, but I didn't get the laundry folded. So I'm going to need your help folding the laundry. Right. And then if the child resisted the parent to help them keep the focus on their, the child instead of our anger and how, what a jerk we are. If the child became resistant, I don't care, mom, that's so stupid. I'm not folding that laundry for you. You're my mom. That's your job. Oh, this is so sad. Looks like you need a little bit of bedroom time. Feel free to come out when you're ready to be respectful to me. You know, those are the kind of words and things that we teach in Love and Logic where you're respecting the child. You're saying, yeah, feel free to throw that fit in your room or be disrespectful in your room where I don't have to listen to it. Feel free to talk to me when you're ready to be respectful. You're allowing the child their feelings. You're being empathetic to them, but you're also setting up a firm boundary as I'm happy to talk to you as soon as I hear respect. Mm-hmm. You know, and so those, the, the combination of the two, you can't, have, you can't have that result of a responsible, loving child without having both boundaries and love and empathy. Totally agree. What a great story. 
And what a cool person to meet. I mean, geez, if I had this before I had a baby, <laughs> I'm hitting the ground. <laughs> right, Beth? Right? Beth's totally. got a couple, three of them over there. <laughs> what are, what are yeah. some resources that our listeners can plug into to learn more, Kimmy? Well, my husband and I do this together. We're a team. And that's another thing I love. It, for those of you that are unfamiliar with Love & Logic, it's a program that's been around for like 40 plus years. It started in Colorado with a principal and a, and a, psychi a psychiatrist, Foster Klein and Jim Fay. And now his son, um, Charles Fay, actually helps. He's the president of Love & Logic. He helps run the company. He's also... Um, uh, I just, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was doing so good. And I just totally, everything was gone. Um, but yeah, he is a, um, he was a school counselor. He's a psychologist. He's Dr. Fit, you know, so he has his doctorate in psychology. Um, but they have this amazing curriculum that they go around the nation and teach. And people like me are, are what they call independent facilitators. So my husband and I, um, are licensed to teach, you know, we bought licensing to teach all of their curricula. So they have an early childhood one. Um, so love and logic parenting made easy from birth to six. And they have, um, parenting the love and logic way, which is an all ages curriculum. They have the nine essential skills of the love and logic classroom. So we work with teachers as well. And then a new curriculum that we just got that I'm so excited about is, um, love and logic for kids with traumatic past. So it taught, it, it deals with, um, there's a certain way that those skills need to be used with people that don't have, um, that might have trust issues that might, um, you know, there's basic, the bonding and connecting and attachment isn't, isn't there. So some of those skills that we use in Love and Logic can only be put in place when there, there's a firm foundation of bonding, connecting and respect and that relationship of love. When there's not that, that is the paramount foundation of Love and Logic. If there is not the love and bonding and respect and trust, none of the skills will work. Totally get it. Beth, what's your take on this? Have you dove into this at all? Do you have any experience with this? Talk to me. So I don't personally have any experience. I haven't taken any courses, but I know several parents that I'm friends with who've taken Love and Logic courses. And again, like the way they interact with their kids just blows my mind. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I wanted to learn more about. And I'd seen so many posts on Facebook. I'm super glad we decided on this topic because I'm seriously mind blown with the information Cammie's shared. I'm super excited to show this to my husband later so that he can get on board and we can move forward in parenting this way because I think it's amazing. Totally agree with you. So, Cammie, how can Beth connect with you? She so, wants to just get off and do this right now. Go to Instagram. That's I just started our Instagram page, so it's fresh in its conception. Um, Instagram, we're parenting.rocks. So, R-O-C-K-S, rocks, parenting.rocks. So, that's our handle for Instagram. On Facebook, and I have highlights. So, on my highlights, and you can go through my highlights and get some little nuggets of wisdom about how to share control through choices, um, how to um, connect and bond through, through um, there's a fun little game that I talk about. So anyways, I'm always adding to that. And I'm so excited for the content that's going to come on there. We have a, face, a Facebook page. It's um, Kami, K-A-M-I, and Larry Kirby, and that's K-E-R-B-Y. Um, 
so that's our Facebook. It's just our page for, for my husband and I, and we get on there. He does lots of Facebook lives. He gives lots of nuggets. It's really fun. He does. I love, <laughs> I love that there's two points of view because sometimes, you know, people really resonate with hearing it from the dad. Mm -hmm. and really powerful too. I know a lot of, um, yeah, we get a lot of dads in our classes, which I love to see because lots of times moms are seeking this. Not so true of dads. Right. <laughs> sorry, sorry to the dad listeners out there. Hopefully there's a few of you, but um, you know, some of you have to play mom and dad and that's hard. And so it can be good to hear perspectives from both. Totally agree. And I love that you work with your hubby on it. I work with my hubby too. And there's just lots of awesome stuff wrapped up in that. Well, thank you so much, Cami Kirby. I am so, so, so glad that we got to have you on today. And um, I'm excited too, because there's a part two to this. So episode 19 is going to be part two with Cami Kirby, Love and Logic. Um, and uh, so keep your eyes peeled and your ears open, listeners, because we will be dropping that shortly after episode one comes out or episode 18, part one. My gosh, too many numbers over here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moms, we hope that you enjoyed the show today. And if you want to write into us anonymously, you absolutely can do so. Like, follow us, comment, and private message us on any of the platforms that you're listening to this show on and we will be happy to respond to you as quickly as possible and get your question on the air yes Beth uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right ladies until next time bye 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 moms with aspiration moms are inspirations moms in circulation moms at their workstations bump, 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 bump. they make a nation bump, this is a mom nation